Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you. It was 50 years ago this month uh, that the game of hockey really changed. It was 50 years ago this Wednesday that Paul Henderson scored the winning goal. Yet again, by the way, I believe the third game in a row that the pivotal and deciding game eight in Moscow between Canada and the Soviet Union, the landmark 1972 Summit Series. And it's been a month of reflection looking back 50 years ago and what that was like for those who were a part of it, those behind the scenes, those who watched. Many, of course, uh, of today's hockey stars watching as uh, young kids, taking it in with pretty much almost the entire country at the time. It became such a huge event. And the politics of it as well. It wasn't just a landmark sporting event. It was a landmark geopolitical event, you know, the height of the Cold War and these Soviet players that Canadians really knew nothing about. It was fascinating, historic and significant for so many reasons. And those reasons, those factors, those different elements are explored in a fascinating new documentary. It's called Icebreaker, the 1972 Summit Series, which will be screening this week as part of the Calgary International Film Festival. I believe there are still tickets available. It uh, is showing 8.30 Friday night at Eau Claire. Two more details at ciffcalgary.ca. Joining us to talk more about the film Icebreaker is uh, the director, co-producer, Robbie Hart. Jones us on the line here this afternoon. Robbie, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. That was a great introduction. Way to go. I'm well, delighted to be on your show. That was, uh, that you know, good, and look, I mean, needed. thank you. Well, I mean, I, I was born after. I, I, I'm not sure when you were born, but I was born just after the, the Summit Series. But I, I know this story. I mean, this has fascinated me, you know, my whole life. So Canadians were there, Canadians born after. We're all kind of connected to this in some way. Talk about your own connection and why you wanted to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question to start the conversation with. I mean, actually, I was 12, uh, so that situates me, uh, you know, uh, as a 12-year-old in 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm a hockey player, and I'm a documentary filmmaker, and I'm, a, I'm an historian, a Canadian sports historian. So I knew, at least I thought I knew a lot about 72. And actually, I was walking in Montreal where I live. Uh, there were a pile of books on the street corner, and it said, Take, uh, take Me Free. And there was a book of uh, Phil, a book with a, on the cover Phil Esposito facing nose to nose with a Soviet hockey player. Very bold, dramatic photo. The title of the book was The Cold War. I pick it up. The book was written in '97, I think, for the 25th anniversary. I pick it up, and uh, maybe 30 pages in, and I, I realized I actually knew very little about the Summit series and yeah. all the stories that took place off the ice and all the amazing characters and political intrigue and uh, a lot of the action that was taking place beyond the rink itself. And um, yeah. that was the beginning. That was the trigger for me to say, wow, this, this story really, uh, really merits further attention. And then I started asking people around me, including my own kids, who barely knew anything about it. Adults and kids. And so then there was, I realized there was a generation gap, uh, not only for people of my generation, but younger Canadians who don't really know the full uh, story of 72. So I had my motivation, and then I looked at the calendar, and I realized, okay, it's September 2020. I've got two years to pull this off. And <laughs> here we are now in September 22 on the 50th anniversary, and Icebreaker yeah. is, is out and, and making the rounds in Canada. And I'm really pleased to be uh, to be talking about it like like today with you. 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned behind the scenes stories. Like I say, I mean, Canadians know the big picture. Canadians know it was a big deal. Canadians know who won. But there's so much more to this story, and that's what's so fascinating right. about it. I mean, one of the, the characters in, in your film, someone you, you talk to, and actually he has an opportunity to go back to Moscow, see where he, he once worked, mm-hmm. is Gary Smith, who was crucial behind the scenes as a diplomat kind of pulling this all together. And Gary Smith is, is not a household name. <laughs> Far from it. He, he's no Paul Henderson. No, no, exactly. Gary Smith is, is it was a small junior diplomat at the time, but you know the right man at the right place at the right time. And uh, Gary was was, I guess, indirectly mandated by Trudeau father in '71 to you know akin to the title to break the ice with the Soviets and to build a detente and rapprochement with the Soviets to try to foster. Um, some type of friendship and some type of cultural and, and political goodwill uh, by, you know, creating this hockey series. And uh, Gary was working in the embassy, and he was uh, a huge uh, playmaker, if you like, off the ice to uh, to get this off the ground, uh, uh, along with other many other people. But Gary is a fascinating character. He has a book that's out right now called The Ice War Diplomat. And in reading his book, I, I discovered a ton of stories as well. So Gary comes back to Moscow with me, and uh, we we uh, actually meet up with three legendary Soviet hockey players from '72: Tretyak, Mikhailov, and, and Yakushev. And you know, yeah, you mentioned it well in your introduction. You know, it was the height of the Cold War. There were missiles pointed, you know, east and west, and there was a lot of tension. So the the goal was the hockey bridge. And 50 years later, you can look at the, uh, at the achievements of, of that in terms of how it opened our eyes to the Soviet Union and how the Soviet Union and Russians opened their eyes to Canada. And it's an enduring friendship that still exists today, uh, despite Putin's war and what's going on in Ukraine. And uh, we have to keep believing in the uh, the power of sports to unify. Yeah, it's interesting as well to hear from these Soviet players, uh, you know, who are part of this and, and names like Tretiak that are still, you know, household names to this day. Canadians at the time didn't know who they were. The Canadian players didn't know who they were. We, you know, we had this whole range of emotions as Canadians where we went from overconfidence to despair to, you know, on, on the edge of uh, our seats collectively for the remainder of it. But for these Soviet players yeah. as well, they also felt like underdogs. They also felt like, you know, they had something to prove, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the famous line is, we're coming here to learn, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and um, you know, we, I think we learned a hell of a lot from them, and they learned a hell of a lot from us. You know, people often ask me, you know, what I, what are some of the takeaways, you know? And, and I have four icebreakers, you know, four things that really happened. And one of the big things that happened was the game of hockey. Hockey was the big winner, the sport itself. And... Uh, the Russian influence uh, was was tremendous. I mean, you know, year-round conditioning, five-man units, possession of the puck, uh, you know, playing with their heads up, circling back forward, pausing before shooting, all these things that are basic, you know, elements of the game today uh, were really, uh, you know, game changers back in 72. And a very, you know, 200-foot game and east-west, north-south skating. So all this was was an eye-opener for us. And um, the Russians learned a lot from us as well. So the game of hockey really was transformed. 72 was the beginning of that. And then you move on to the internationalization of the game. I mean, it led to the Canada Cups. It led to the Olympics. Yeah. 
I mean, 72 was the birth of Team Canada. We had never had a Team Canada before where the best of the best are united in the same locker room. And so that's the legacy of 72, some of the legacy of 72. And if I may add, it was an icebreaker for Canadians in terms of national unity and sort of nationalism and pride in our country because it united Canadians in a way that nothing else had really done in a, in a good while. And it didn't matter whether you were, you know, from Ontario or Quebec, French or English. It didn't matter whether, you know, you lived in the city or in the countryside, whether you were an immigrant or, or been here for, you know, a couple of hundred, a couple of generations. It, 72 brought everyone together under one tent. And that's what's so remarkable about that event. Yeah, and it's so interesting to hear the stories. I mean, you talk to people who went there to watch those games in Moscow. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked, I mean, Wayne Gretzky is, you know, one of the, the interviews featured in the documentary, and he talks about what it was like. I think he was probably, I think he's probably around your age. He was around 11 or 12. Yes, he was 12. Watching it yeah. right with his, his family and his grandparents had come from the former Soviet Union. So all these unique perspectives on what it was like to be a part of this and just the, the roller coaster it became, but in a way, as you say, brought everybody together. It did, and it's it's remarkable in a, in a certain way that, like, it was the whole month of September, you know? It wasn't just yeah. one game, you know, like, or Armstrong landing on the moon or, you know, where were you when John Lennon got shot or Kennedy? Or, people remember those moments, you know, but those were singular moments that took place on one day, whereas this was, was a, a roller coaster that began on September the 2nd and ran right through to the end of the month to culminate with Paul Henderson's winning goal in Game 8 on September 28th. So you have 27 days in September 72. I always like those numbers, 27 and 72. They're both slipped around, but uh, they uh, they do tell a, a remarkable story. Uh, and you were mentioning earlier just on the, the story of the 3,000 Canadian fans that went to Moscow. It's one of my favorite parts of the film. I really put a lot of effort into, into detailing that and to breaking it down and... and what they went through and, and all the anecdotal stories and how they contrasted, you know, uh, there were 3,000 of them versus 10,000 Soviet fans, but the 3,000 Canadians were much <laughs> yeah. louder and more boisterous. And, and uh, they really were a big, a big part of what helped turn the series around for the team. They felt very supported and loved by those fans. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so funny because it could have just as easily been, you know, the reverse. We could have played the first four games in Moscow and, and the final four in, in Canada, but it would have been so different. Mm -hmm. It was so it's so crucial to the story of how going to Moscow and this team comes together and these fans there and just all of it. I mean, it's such a perfect backdrop for all of this. this drama, yeah, no, I know. I, I presume you saw Terry Mosher's. I mean, you've watched the film or perhaps you yeah, haven't. I'm yeah. not sure. Okay, so you saw Terry Mosher's cartoons. He's a famous political yes. cartoonist. Yeah. And and getting getting Terry in the film was great. I mean, he, you know, there's a, he was there in Moscow in 72, you know, and his story is fantastic in the film and his drawings. He was commissioned by McLean's magazine and, and the Montreal Gazette at the time to, to go to Moscow to do these cartoons, these political drawings, which of which eight are in the film. And uh, I, I love the one about the fans, where he's got the red and white and right. Canadian flags, and then the Soviet fans very, you know, sullen and gray. And you know, it just says everything. And I, we live that in in the film. And I really did want to bring that out. That was a big part. Game eight, of course, is a big part of the film, and game one. They're the, they're the three yeah. kind of pillars. And I guess Vancouver, too, with Esposito's speech, are kind yeah. of like four dramatic peaks in the film uh, that yeah. really, you know, keep sustaining us for the 95 minutes. Yeah, and it was. I had an opportunity recently to interview Ken Dryden, and he just wrote a book about it. And, you know, I asked him mm -hmm. about that bond between the players because, and, and you talk about it in the film, 
how you know before this they all hated each other like if you know you played for montreal and someone else played for boston that was your enemy right or toronto versus montreal or boston versus the rangers and then you throw these these guys all together that was volatile potentially but man oh man did it uh, turn into something special well exactly and gretzky does a great job of, of of breaking that down you know he says you just in the film you know he, he explains it so well like you just can't put 35 guys in a room and they become right. a team you know it, it just doesn't happen like that especially if if they're if they're actually enemies in, in a small what was it a 10 team nhl at the time and these guys really didn't really you know really didn't like each other too much and the canadians had just beaten the bruins in the stanley cup finals the year before and so here all of a sudden you're your teammates uh, and there were too many guys to begin with, right? So they thought it would be easier and everybody, everyone would get a chance to play, everyone would score a goal type of thing. And here they are realizing that they're going to have to cut this down to 20 guys. And, uh, you know, either you're, you know, either you're rowing with the ship, as Alan Eagleson says, or get off the boat type of thing. And they, they had to go through that process and they did come together. It took, it took almost, you know, three, four weeks for the thing to finally gel, but it did. Uh, and the result was so dramatic. I mean, it's unbelievable what, how, how it finishes. And uh, that game eight, you know, actually you were referring to, to, to the games being in Moscow and the games being in, in Canada, but that one arena, Luzniki Ice Palace in Moscow, is where half the series was played. It's, right. it's a remarkable thing when you think about it. I mean, there was one game in Montreal, one in Toronto, one in Winnipeg, one in Vancouver, and then four in this one location. So when I got to that rink, with Trechak, no less, and started filming there, I was just blown away. I mean, it was like being in this museum, this historical place that hadn't changed in 50 years, you know, and just looking at the seats and the ice and then being there and realizing that this is where it happened, right here, half the series. I had goosebumps, and I spent a lot of time trying to document it properly in the film, and I think it comes out really nicely uh, in terms of uh, dramatic storytelling. Yeah, you mentioned Alan Eagleson. I mean, obviously he became a very polarizing figure, but he was so crucial, he was so central to everything that happened. He's a part of this story, mm-hmm. and so he's he's a really interesting voice in all of this. So the film is called Icebreaker, this 1972 Summit Series. It's the Alberta premiere this Friday, part of the Calgary International Film Festival, Friday night, 8.30 uh, at the Eau Claire Cinema. Uh, Robbie, congrats on the film, and uh, thank you so much for making some time for us here this afternoon. Much appreciated. Oh, 100%. I'm looking forward to, to, to meeting people. I'll be there for the film and the screening uh, and uh, love to take uh, a time to, to chat more after the film. There's going to be a Q&A. I'll have some posters to sign if people are interested. And uh, I'm looking forward to being in Calgary and sharing the film with, uh, with Albertans. Fantastic. Robbie, thanks again. All the best. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cheers. Uh, Robbie Hart, the director of Icebreaker, co-producer as well, Friday night, part of the Calgary International Film Festival. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Rob Breckenridge. You can email me, rob at 770chqr.com. Talk to you next time.